remain free if they are not willing, if need be, to fight for their vital interests. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Praise Welcome everybody, Pastor Eli James here. This is the Restoration Hour on Eurofolk Radio. Today is April 30th, 2022, and we have Daryl from Missouri, Daryl McClanahan, running for U.S. Senate in the state of Missouri. He's our guest tonight for the first hour. How are you doing, Daryl? Good. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you for having me. It's, sure. uh, I got to give a shout out to my stepdaughter. Uh, Felicia Cowden is her name, and she turned, uh, I think she's turning... I don't know, maybe 30. Uh, oh, and, okay. uh, she, she's oh, she born April vote. 30th. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> she's old enough beautiful, to vote for you then. Young lady. Okay. Yes, very good. Very good. You want to hear about the U.S. Senate? I, sure. Yeah. Uh, these senators are, for a long time, it has been said that these uh, drug cartels that are flooding our borders with the illegal aliens, this is all ran by the drug cartels. Right. They are a ter- terrorist organization. What has uh, Russia done to us? They're turning the fuel off on them. Uh, you know, they need to leave them alone, in my opinion. But the, the our southern border, we have the unfinished wall. How ridiculous is it? I was just telling you I had a Facebook Censor, take a picture off of my Facebook, Daryl McClanahan. Go there. I want to be your friend. Uh, And they censored a a picture of Creepy Joe grabbing uh, Saki, and it said circle around. It's really pretty innocent when there's all kinds of sexy women in bikinis and pornography and all anything anti God. uh, (laughs) You know, that's all on there. But they put a they put like a band aid. Uh, this is censored content. Joe Biden touching uh, right. Saki, you know, when she's when she's like eighteen, when she's you know she's a young uh, woman. Yeah. Oh, so, well, you can't criticize the Dems. <laughs> that's that's for both the Dems, right? Right. Uh, the Dooms. The, <laughs> the, the, the Doom Party. The, Demo- the Democratic Party. <laughs> right. All right. The Doom- <laughs> they do have us there. It's frightening that these yeah. are the people that really are the movers and shakers and controlling America and me and you's uh, yeah. destiny yeah. in some No, in we're some the terrorists. Way. You and I are the terrorists. Oh, you know? the domestic they, terrorists. Yeah, yeah the domestic right. terrorists. Yeah. They have not one incident mm. of, of any of this. The whole June, January 6th uh, fiasco that they uh, – yeah, they're still have, pushing. Have made up on the conservatives who are, you know, kind of misled in right. a lot of ways. But, you know, they're ending abortion. We got a lot of good things happening. We can't have that defeatist right. attitude. I heard some the, this guy today said the defeatist attitude used to be punishable by death. Like these people uh-huh. don't fight to the death or take, you know, they, they, uh, they, they push everyone around. And that's what they're doing with flooding our borders. I don't hate Mexican. Uh, people, my mother and father divorced when I was 17, 
and my mother remarried a Mexican veteran that had like eight kids. And so I could go out to Colorado and look them up and they'd know me. I hung around them for like a year. And, uh, so I don't have it. And I, I used to do roofing and I did construction and you got to compete with them. They're good workers and they have the Christian, but they need to stay in Mexico. That's their <laughs> nation. That's right. And, uh, they just come and uh, steal, kill and destroy on the American people. And, uh, I'm blessed. I haven't had to live around it, but I've followed a lot of the uh, Patriot guys that have went down there and who's, who's Sheriff Opio. He was pretty hard on it. I don't know what happened to him. I haven't heard anything. What's going. I heard he was running for reelection again and they were going to bring okay. back the uh, camps and have them at a camp. People are right. like, Oh my God. He said camp. They're going to make them <laughs> camp out there. Concentration <laughs> camps, they, death camps. They are an army. We are fighting an army. I've posted that That's on right. my Facebook, and you're going to read an article here if I'd shut up about yeah. how, yeah. Uh, and this is a recent article from just last year, we, and Congress refuses to name them a terrorist organization. And if you followed 9-11 right. and uh, the, the, well, uh, hey, the look, Patriot if, Act. If, they're, if they were ori- originally financed by Obama and Eric Holder, how can they be a terrorist organization? Are they working for the U.S. government, right? <laughs> I look- this guy's going to try to to convince you of this in this article, and I would say it is the the exact opposite. Good is evil, and evil is good. And this article is yep. an excellent example. I think if you were a moron and you you read that, you could believe it. This article right. could convince you that, oh, yeah, they're bad people. It's a business. They're just trying to make a dollar for their Mexican family. Yeah, right. and, and then I got another one. Uh, there's this guy who's got this YouTube channel called Disturbed Reality, and his latest is the five most uh, gruesome cartel murders. Right. Oh, man, they heck You know, they, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't even show them. He just talks about them with a campfire burning and says, don't yeah. go Google it. And everyone goes and Googles it. You know, you could, there's a, a bunch of horrible stuff that, there. I've, I've went and looked at some of it. It's like, man, don't. Yeah. And then they all lead to pornography. You know, the, the, uh, oh, right. death, yeah. all, the all the death stuff. If you watch like the person get electrocuted, cause it'll, you know, if you, so they do some evil, horrible stuff that what, that's yeah, just like when's the, the last time, when's the last time white supremacists uh, took their pocket knives and cut somebody's face off? Right. Okay, the yeah. the the cartel uh, uh, and uh, I I couldn't find the link yet, but they have like hit teams. There's a, a good review out there of uh, uh, cameras are rolling and they they one right. car comes in and scopes them out, and there's like three or four guys there. And they don't seem to be armed, but the car comes back and shoots at them and kills a couple. But then the other guys pull out machine guns. Right. Another car that you previously saw was also like army and they jump out and it's like a hit team. It's like a, uh, a Mexican cartel, uh, hit team in Mexico with these gang wars. They're super violent and dangerous. And, you yes. know, and Trump was like, you know, they brought the murdered families up there. They should have did that more. They, they, uh, they. I don't know. That's a horrible way to get people's attention. But I guess with the abor- abortion, uh, the showing the ba- the innocent baby with the ultrasounds, like they want to do, right? Uh, which is a good thing. Uh, you know, to see that baby and then to know that it's going to be uh, murdered. 
Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. You know, so I. Yeah, it is a lie. I don't it's want people to go being. watch that, but I want people to realize this is just pure evil, and our Congress needs to designate them a terrorist. And I mean, yes, absolutely. they're going to send the army there, and the army's going to freaking put up like a, a wall that they had at their encirclement. We're going to stop it. Yes, and yes. Uh, there's there's a lot of people that want to see that happen. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, 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 since you're running for Congress, you should be able to get equal time. I mean, for the Senate. U.S. Senate. Yeah, you should be able to get equal time uh, on any radio station. But uh, I've I've known people who uh, were bona fide candidates and the local media refused to give them equal time. So you might run into that as well. Okay. Yeah. But here, this know. is, this is war on Give me the on Facebook. Call me up. My phone numbers. Pl- I got all these, I constantly get these crazy text messages now because the numbers public and they call from India and all <laughs> over. Uh, they can't not too you. bad. <laughs> uh, you block right. them, but you got to block all those numbers. Right. Okay. Oh, it's probably China. China and India are trying, trying to influence your campaign. All right. So this is War on the Rocks, National Security for Insiders by Insiders, the Texas National Security Review. And it says here, Mexican drug cartels are violent, but they're not terrorists, says Scott England, a commentary. This is posted February 24, 2020. In early November 2019, nine dual U.S. Mexican citizens were killed in Mexico in a terrifying attack by suspected members of a drug trafficking cartel and also child trafficking cartel. Three women and six children, including two infants, were shot or burned alive in a three-car convoy near the U.S. border. One child was shot in the back trying to escape the massacre. The ambush highlights the rising violence attributed to drug cartels in Mexico. So this is not terrorism, according to the author, according to the uh, Democrats, uh, the the Democrats. In response, President Donald Trump tweeted that it was time for the United States to wage war on the drug cartels and wipe them off the face of the earth. Okay. I think that's what you were saying, right? Isn't that what you want to do too? Bring the army, yes. Many have said it. Yeah. And I'll bet the Mexican Jeff Rentz, people. I used to listen to Jeff Rentz a bunch of years ago, and he, he would say, uh, just put gunners there, and once you shoot the first couple, I yeah, mean, it's right. not like I'm saying anything new or that what people right. don't think, uh, but if they're drug cartel, if they're enemy combatants, they're insurgents to America. Right. Right. There's a real war. I don't want to fight with my brothers. And the Mexican uh, people would welcome the U.S. Army because the fact is these drug cartels and these uh, gangs are killing women, especially women. They're, they're, just they're so- better armed than the military. They're all trained huh. mercenaries. That's why right. I have a problem with American mercenaries going over to Ukraine. They're trained right. mercenaries. They'll be our police. They'll be the ones lording over us right here in our homeland. Right. And and so there needs to be accountability that there's a neutrality act. It's a war that's not sanctioned by Congress. We're supposed to be at peace. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and that's right. absolutely, if we were in peace, we should do everything to de-escalate. And right. I guess it would have re- maybe we should have said, "Here's Ukraine," and yeah. and and in for and we're enforcing everything. Okay, right. and just they could have saved a lot of lives. And not, it way, wouldn't have been a, a, a real weak back down. Right. It could right. have been negotiated. 
Yes. By the way, if the subject comes up, you can talk about the United Nations, which is supposedly an organization dedicated to world peace, but which nevertheless does absolutely nothing about any war anywhere. In fact, they help no. start the wars. No. Okay. And the so, human aid, they're all there in Africa. Right. Um, Haiti. Oh. Where, where's the latest peace? Oh, they're always in the Middle East. Yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, there's wars everywhere, and the UN is not doing anything about them. In fact, the UN is creating these wars, and uh, you know they're not not doing anything about the uh, Russia Ukraine situation. I listen so to who's the, the the black woman who is the, the head of the council. You know her. I listen to her. Isn't she appointed? She's an ambassador of America. They're all point, appointed. Uh, all UN positions are appointees. Every last one of them. She's very well read, and she's very much a bully, and very okay. much towing their reference. Uh, you're having wokeism and and liking it. Oh, you mean she like Newland? A really, uh, are you, witch. Are you talking uh, about Victoria Newland? I think so, maybe. Yeah, Victoria Newland. Yeah, she's a, a war hawk, absolute war hawk, right? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. She uh -huh. uh, she basically uh, signed off on the uh, Ukraine-Russia conflict. And even before, you know, it started going all the way back to 2014, uh, Doc Waterman and I had reported about how uh, Israeli Defense Force soldiers had come to Ukraine and put on uh, you know, fatigues with swastika armbands and were assassinating Ukrainians. They're still doing that today. Okay. In fact, uh, I know. we have to circle yeah. back around to these drug cartels that are endangering us. Yeah. Well, it's the same situation. They're, they're using the drug cartels to kill Americans, just like the IDF is being employed to kill Ukrainians. And these mercenaries that you talk about that go over to the volunteer on behalf of Ukraine Half of them get shot in the back, or they get very poor equipment, and they decide to hell with it. We're not. Uh, I'm not safe here. It causes so they leave. more entanglements than it just causes more yeah. entanglements. Someone has to go there to get their ass. I called this wounded, this kid that got wounded by artillery. I called his grandfather, and his grandfather didn't want to comment whenever I said I was against it. He right. didn't want to talk to me anymore. But out of respect, his kid did get hurt. But I, I, it's wrong. He has no business at 19 years old going over an unsanctioned deal. Right. And uh, it's it, it only causes more entanglements. Right. right. Well, the Russians have said very plainly, uh, any mercenaries, that they're not subject to the, uh, you know, the, what do you call it, the treaty on, uh, you know, a captured war uh, soldiers. They're treated as mercenaries and uh, they're fair game. Okay, so a lot of people don't realize that uh, you're, you're throwing your son the into hell's way. mercenaries. Yeah, right, and that's what all of these drug cartel people are. They're all mercenaries, and the same thing is happening to America. The Mexican drug cartels are attacking Americans, killing Americans, and uh, the U.S. government is sanctioning the whole thing. All right, that's that's what we got here. All right, and they're so, bringing more fighting age men. You that's have to right. put that in there that, yeah. you, you know, that yeah. a lot of it is, uh, is, uh, yeah, fighting well, the, age men. Yeah. So what yeah. they did in Ukraine is they took they the local leave thugs. Moldovia. They said they can't leave. But, yeah. They took local <laughs> thugs, handed them weapons and, uh, they they became soldiers. <laughs> that's basically what mm -hmm. Zelensky did. All right. Okay. So let's, uh, getting back to these, 
uh, drug cartels that uh, whether they are terrorist organizations or not is the question here. And uh, obviously Trump said they are terrorist organizations. The practical effects of that designation would be to freeze assets, impose travel restrictions, and the prosecution of individuals suspected of being a member of a designated organization or for providing material support to one. Now, of course, the Democratic Party would absolutely oppose this, right? Because they don't, they don't want to freeze the assets of the people they're hiring to kill Americans, right? They wouldn't want to impose travel restrictions. They wouldn't want to uh, prosecute terrorists. I mean, I'm sorry, mercenaries, <laughs> Mexican drug cartels. So it's obvious the Democratic Party has no interest in declaring these people terrorists, okay? Both the Barack Obama and George W. Bush administrations at one time considered the same move, but abandoned those plans when it became clear it would jeopardize security and economic cooperation with Mexico. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, it would jeopardize... Look at what Canada did to the people that didn't want to take their crap. Uh-huh. What do you mean? Uh it's a lie. They say that, that it would be bad if we put – no, there would be a reaction. Mexico would stop it. The people would stop it. There would be alternatives. Uh, you know, a lot of these drugs that come from China that are made, uh, they can grow and, and manufacture that stuff right there in Mexico. They have fertile land sure. and the climate. It's a, gr- you know, it's a great land. Sure. Uh, oh, yeah, they have fertile ground, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and the people are subject to basically the drug it's cartels just being run raped the by a bunch of criminals. Yeah, right. So uh, others in the U.S. government consider the Mexican cartels a form of insurgency. Well, they run the country. It's a dictatorship. It's a, a drug. What's the, what's the word? Uh, we used to call it a, a narco state. <laughs> That's what Mexico is. It's a narco state. For example, in 2010, the then Secretary of State Hillary Clinton said, quote, we face an increasing threat from a well-organized network, drug trafficking threat that it is, in some cases, morphing into or making common cause with what we would consider an insurgency. How about a terrorist organization? All right. That, that's, so no, because it's not. It's not really. They're a business. They're trying to make a buck. Right, right. Well, They're just like us. Well, even what's her name? Nancy uh, Pelosi. Her daddy was in the drug cartel business in Mexico, right? So uh, with uh, so many U.S. politicians, you know, Barama, Holder, uh, Pelosi, Hillary Clinton. Oh, even what's his name? The the Mormon guy. He was running for president a few years ago. Yeah, Yeah. he's involved in the drug cartels in Mexico, right? So, yeah. Yeah, you saw. I used to know people in uh, Montana. Montana that would go to Mexico and, and uh, they would bring marijuana back, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they're they're terrified. They're always terrified going through Utah. Uh, really? You know. Oh, yeah, and yeah. yeah, because yeah, of course it's illegal drugs, and they oh, used to right. enforce the border and and uh, not- smuggling. If you're bringing back bottles, they would bring back bottles of tequila too. That you get like tequila, I think for. Four dollars yeah. a bottle, and they bring back like you know thirty bottles, <laughs> or they only allow you to bring so much. They bring only allow you to bring like twelve across the border. They would declare the bottles of tequila and right. and uh, <laughs> you know Utah. Uh, all the Mormons, uh, they say there's a lot of the Mormons in the uh, CIA. All right, it could be. I yeah. don't know if this is a true fact, but they do. 
missions around the world. So uh-huh. what better cover yes. to go on your mission? Oh, I'm we're young Mormon men on our mission. Yes. But you All could those... just happen to walk by the installation or you yeah. know, the college or whatever, you know. Uh yeah, like those young Mormons in, in the Chicago area wear in their backpacks. <laughs> What's in those backpacks, right? <laughs> That's crazy. Right? Some of them are truly on a mission, but the ones they talk about the ones that go to foreign countries. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's a certain amount that are very valid. They have their belief. I mean, I'm not trying to. I I lost a good friend in Colorado because I said some things that I and I knew him for years and years, and he had became a Christian and left the Mormon Church and denounced it. But then he he buddied back up with his brother, and he he went back for it. And okay, so I was. And I said I wasn't yeah. all right with it, and he was offended. Yeah. You know, so right? Well, uh, it, so the, all right, tell us how these drug cartels—they're just good old boys. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's politics. You don't want to offend a, p- a potential voter, right? <laughs> all right. So the question here: I'm in big trouble. Yeah, you're in big trouble if you offend anybody. Are Mexican drug cartels terrorists, insurgents, or something else? Mexican drug cartels are not terrorists or insurgents. He asserts. No, no, no. Uh, because their goal is to maximize profit. <laughs> what do you think wars are about? <laughs> to profit. I, well, that's why I had to bring this to your attention for us to do because this yeah. is the way that reads. Yeah. Uh, okay. As long as you're motivated by making profit, which most terrorists are, right? I mean, the idea that the Israeli terrorists uh, that uh, took over Palestine weren't motivated by profit is outrageous, right? What is, yeah, what is uh, profit? Uh, I got rid of the infidel. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, not fundamentally to change society and po- Now, that's not true either, because these Mexican drug cartels want to change society and turn it into a violent uh, confrontation between both sides, then they can profit Barraza, from the violence. To, he doesn't mention that in there, but around that time, I think I was following news where that's when maybe 2018, the, they had a lot of the, the, the Mexicans calling for the La Raza, the re-establishment right? of Ukraine in America, you know, okay. of Mexico yeah, right. and these armies. I sent you a video. They're outfitted uh, like the army. They could yeah. just pull up in there to Albuquerque and just start killing people. That's I mean, right. just like you, like Russia, they could they could amass at the borders. They were sending the drug cartels in. They're going to do what they want. Right. I mean, I guess our law enforcement, our police and the Texas Rangers, I mean, those guys. Those guys would probably be a formidable force, I guess, if you call all of the state of Texas up in the National Guard. But if they were to, like, overrun an area, they could do an insurgency and take over, I don't know, the Tijuana Crossing or something. You know, I mean, they're very uh, outfitted and they're controlling all the fentanyl. That's the big one that we want stopped is the fentanyl. Yeah, uh, and the and the, and the synthetic drugs that they're making, uh, Russia's had a problem with that. Not so much though. Putin, uh, in the NBC art, uh, NBC interview, he bragged that he lowered his prison population by fifty percent. I bet if you hurt a child uh, there, it's probably the death penalty. And then I, I put a a story up on Twitter where. 
California or somewhere, there's a wedding. The people are drunk. The, our police show up. The brother takes a swing. The police uh, kill the brother. Everyone's screaming, crying at the funeral and everything. The cops could have just, yeah, they came, came there and kept order. I put up, just like this article is the opposite. You think the Russian police show up at a wedding and somebody ends up killed? No, I don't think so. It depends on no. which country. <laughs> somebody might get a blackjack upside the head and, and sit down and every and you're gonna go home and right. and there's common sense the of some men that are you know, in the community maybe it's just horrible. What is going on when, when that goes on? That yeah. I don't think that's you know, there's so many uh and he bragged, Putin bragged that he's lowered the prison population by 50%. So they don't have the drugs. I, I guess there's probably heroin available there because of the mid, mid yeah. uh, Afghanistan and the poppies. Right. They could get whatever, you can probably get whatever you want. Uh, so I, I heard too, Putin, his uh, people did disapprove of the war when it started, but now he's uh, 90, uh, 90% popular. Like he right. has a ninety percent uh, approval rating, and Biden's is like thirty. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. Which, uh, yeah. which makes Biden a good guy in the, in the eyes of the Democrats. Right? I don't think there's much of that article. Go on. It's so, so, it is so horrible that what these yeah. people believe that uh, that doesn't allow us to go to war against this. Right, right. Okay, so he says here in this paragraph. Mexican drug cartels are not terrorists or insurgents because their goal is to maximize profit, not fundamentally change society. Well, what do you think these drugs are doing to Mexico and America? Aren't they fundamentally changing society and politics? When a generation dies, like World War One, they said all kinds of really good young men died that could have been inventors or you right, know right a, a or, benefit to our or, world or, or rap musicians <laughs> right well no, no they call it hip-hop sorry all right the secretary of state is directed to designate an entity a foreign terrorist organization if an organization engages in or has a capacity and intent to engage in terrorist activity or terrorism that threatens the security of the United States. Well, the Mexican drug cartels are threatening the security of the United States. Look at the borders. Absolutely. Look Absolutely. at the individuals. The individuals are being terrorized by the Mexican drug cartels. I mean, talk about lame brain rhetoric. Well, we got Eric Greitens, the, the, guy, the guy that is, should resign from running that just got – he has yeah. a million dollars given to him by Home Depot, boycott Home Depot. Yeah, uh, okay. The, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Okay. So he's trying to cite laws of by, that the, the Secretary of State uses to designate terrorist organizations. But man, oh, he just did a video, Greitens. He was down at oh, the yeah? video showing every down at the at the Rio Grande showing everyone uh passports and identities and all your they the cartels have the people throw them away and everything. That's great. He really should be up there at, at Washington. I, I don't know where he should be. What can be done to yeah. – we have to wait for the next election, November 4th, to, to have change. You look at what DeSantis has done in Florida. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, uh, Texas, they're, you know, Abbott is weak saying send them back to uh, Washington. I like that idea when I heard it and everything, but just send them back to the border. I mean, take right. them to the border and say, you're the, the, here's the wall, don't cross uh, again. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, Here's the last sentence in this paragraph. At the root of all this, the relevant U.S. legal definition of terrorism is premeditated, politically motivated violence perpetrated against non-competent targets by subnational groups or clandestine. Well, what is this? Aren't they targeting American civilians? several uh, (laughs) words in there that that fit the definition. Of course. It absolutely fits the definition. All right. So, but this uh, person writing the article, this person, he, him, her, I don't know, uh, what was his name again? He, he, he believes that they're not terrorist organizations. Scott Englund. Of course. Of course. As we said at the very beginning, the Democratic Party needs these organizations. Okay. Because they need to bring in more Mexicans to vote for the Democratic Party, right? If they're killing Americans, that minimizes the number of Republicans in the state, right? That's, that's all very carefully worked out, okay? So, and again, he says, Mexican uh, car- drug cartels are not terrorists. Okay, what about uh, any any mafia organization? Are they not, by definition, terrorists when they hurt civilians, yeah, you pay us the protection money or your place is going to burn down. I mean, that doesn't go on. I, I'm sure it still goes on. Yeah. Uh, but sure. it used to be very prevalent. The strong arm robbery, the. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. So insurgencies seek to remove and replace a country's existing political system. Don't they want to eliminate? The free enterprise system of America and the constitutional government of America? Isn't that what they want to destroy? Isn't that what all these illegal aliens are doing? Right? They don't want to preserve our republic. I almost said democracy. All right? So uh, I don't care what their definitions are. This is BS. <laughs> this is a BS article by this guy named Scott England. Or England, sorry. Okay. Scott England. L-U-N-D. Okay. So, yeah, everything he's saying actually does fit a terrorist organization. Now, he says here, Mexican drug cartels are extremely violent, and the effect of that violence is terrifying, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, talk about beating around the bush. The terrorist, there, there's a lion in that bush somewhere, but I don't want to call it a lion. Okay? This is the devious language of the left. Uh, what George Orwell predicted that this kind so of language. un-American and and defeatist yeah. in uh, for a retard to uh, believe that, that, and it's been that way for a long time since Clinton and Mina Arkansas, and it, it, it it's amazing that the people I, they try to blame the boomers. I haven't been involved in trying to vote, or I spoke to a young man today that was nineteen. I like Keith Woods, the Irish young. There's some smart young people out there, but there's a whole lot more that are damaged yeah, and right. are polluted. And yeah, right. Now listen, listen to these next couple of sentences to see how he can deflect the terrorism issue while uh, giving gruesome details. Okay. Additionally, some cartels are extremely well organized, sometimes wear uniforms, and seem to operate in semi-regular formations, 
but that does not necessarily make them insurgents, okay? I mean, no, it's an invasion. Okay, I, I, maybe we should... They're, they're refugees. Yeah, they're, they're refugees, refugees, right? They're, they're <laughs> refugees from their own people because their own, their own people don't have anything they want, right? Some sources estimate that the cartels are responsible for more than 70,000 murders in Mexico between 2006 and 2015. That's not terrorism, Daryl? 70,000 hey, murders is not terrorism? I like, again, I'm going to add this is... A, down here at Carthage, Missouri, I know refugees. Yeah. As a kid, I I went to Catholic school in Joplin, Missouri, and I was an altar boy, and nothing bad ever happened, and and I didn't learn any Latin, uh, uh-huh. you, you know, which they teach, and I, that expands the young children's minds. Uh, the Vietnamese boat people in the seventies, they a bunch of the orphan boys went to the Catholic monastery over there. Okay. And uh, 10 years ago, before we had children, me and my wife, they have a huge gathering over there every year. And a lot of the rednecks and Carthage people don't like it, but uh, they yeah. basically take over the town, uh-huh. you know, as far as camping and everything like that. And they have a beautiful marble uh, stations of the cross. It's the most beautiful one I've ever seen. It has like the koi pond and Jesus on Calvary. It's beautiful. And it has all, and you can drive through it. And they do Christmas lights at Christmas. We okay. went to a festival that's just their festival, but it's open to the public if you want. And they have all the food out. And right. I had some goat because I had wanted to try that. And I had the Vietnamese goat. They didn't, <clears throat> they don't have any of the like sick Asian foods or they probably have some stuff, but they have like regular, you Real know, American because they're all Americanized. Right. And they're good because <laughs> they're good people. They can be here in America. We don't hate it's these drug cartels and the stealing uh, of becoming a citizen. You right. can't, the birther, uh, as far dropping a baby here and right. become, we just can't do that I- anymore. Yeah. Anchor, anchor babies, yeah, yeah, that uh, anchor yeah. baby. There yeah, you Democratic go. Democratic Party started that again. Yeah. So now listen to this. Not only do the cartels exceed in the scale of their violence, but they have also been excessively cruel and gruesome in how they carry out their violence. Yeah, they hack people to pieces. Uh, but they have also been excessively – oh, sorry. Uh, these characteristics alone may induce some to characterize them as terrorists. <laughs> okay, it so, might. It might. Yeah, so it we'll, may, just, we'll have to wait just. and see. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Right. Yeah, right. We have to wait and see. Yeah, if this isn't Orwellian doublespeak, I don't know what is. Okay, I mean it's incredible. All right, since the magnitude. I put it and, up. No one's read it or yeah. commented. I'm pretty bummed. I'm so glad you're yeah. doing it and understand yeah. why I said it's so opposite yeah. evil of good. Yeah, of, right. Please. Yeah. So, so since the magnitude and malevolence of their violence rivals known terrorist organizations. So let's check all the boxes, right? He's got about 10 boxes in which everybody in the world, besides the Democrat, would say, yeah, check uh, well, some killings. Check this out. This Eric Greitens that's running for Senate, they did an ass- article I put up all over the place. Uh-huh. Uh, they did an assessment on his his wife's abuse. Okay. And it's a checklist of 10 that the Kansas City police use if they meet a woman. You know, they can't take right. a side. But we should have police or advocates for people. And they have a little checklist. They leave a, a little survey they leave them with. Uh-huh. 
And if they answer more than four questions out of the 10, you're like in danger of being murdered. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And he failed failed the survey and they want to put this guy in the U.S. Senate. Right. These guys would fail the survey. Daryl, Missouri first (laughs) candidate for U.S. Senate. (laughs) These drug cartels would absolutely fail the survey. All right. Some of these also (laughs) operated as insurgencies at some point in their existence, such as ISIL, Al-Shabaab, Shining Path, and the Liberation Tigers of Tamil. They had them them over before they dropped them off at the border of the U.S. But they're, they've reformed themselves to become something less yeah. than terrorists. <laughs> it's incredible. It's, it is laughable. It, it is absolutely laughable. Doublespeak is what it is. Oh, now he says, yet it is not violence itself that characterizes a terror group or insurgency, but the end to which the violence is. The, do you think the people that are victimized by this violence don't consider it terrorism? Terrorism, in my by my definition, is killing and terror and well inflicting. The, the arts, violence. films against the law in America. That's right. probably another angle right. that could be taken. Uh, these cartels are, are getting more violent all the time and vid- right. videoing, chainsawing people's heads off. I put go to my Facebook. It's pretty recent. Right. Uh, disturbed reality there's a link there or you could uh, disturbed reality and he he just did the top five uh yeah. cartel murders and they video them and then put them out and the big one is the cgng i think is i forget how to say it okay it's but they got it all on their uniforms they're all they got all the tactical gear they're soldiers right and they're mercenary soldiers yeah. Uh, yeah, they're a branch of the UN. <laughs> That's what they are. Okay. Yeah, so terrorism has always been defined as random violence against innocent civilians. That's what it's what always about been the defined. people at the border? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or American citizens at the border. Yeah. Terrorism is random violence against innocent civilians. And it's an attempt to, you know, get the the country they think they're attacking to back off by, you know, because we'll kill more of your civilians. Of course, that has never worked, <laughs> you know, throughout the history of the world. That has never worked. All that does is invite armies. But except in this case, the uh, the offending army is actually the American army, the CIA, the FBI, and, of course, the Democrats who are supporting all of this. So this is simply doublespeak by a Democrat to try to justify their real intentions, which is to get more Mexicans to come across the border and become registered Democrats. Oh, you're so racist saying that. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> well, unfortunately, it's true. <laughs> okay, right. So uh, uh, it may also be tempting to conclude that since terrorist organizations and insurgencies often turn to illicit enterprises in order to fund their activity. Yeah, like the CIA. Like trafficking children, pimping women, um, murder for hire. Yeah. But the fact that they kill innocent people can't possibly make them terrorist organizations, right? No. This is is unbelievable. I think the uh, listening audience gets the flavor of this article and what a total cow patch this article is. I hope you don't step in it, folks. <laughs> right? Uh, he goes, yeah, okay, so he goes around uh, quoting uh, Rand study, you know, the think tanks, the think tanks who are just full of more doublespeak, right? 
So uh, all these organizations that create doublespeak, you know, support each other with garbage like this. Now, it's interesting that the photograph right at the very top of this article uh, shows that one of these cartel organizations, uh, it, it looks like it says, well, it says Department of Homeland Security, Police Rescue, and it's got, it's, it looks like it's got a backwards U.S. flag. What are you talking about now? The photograph at the top of this article. Oh, yeah. That? Go to my Facebook page, Daryl McClanahan, and it's uh, you'll find that article, and you'll also find a bit shoot video that Eli watched the beginning of. It's 18 minutes long. I think it's by Vice or someone. Right. It's a leftist, uh, you know, because they want to stop the machine guns or something. They're going to pick one or – or yeah. uh, Disarm the Mexican cartels, why don't you? Right? It, they're an army. It's a convoy. You called it the correct thing. You, yeah, you it's said, a convoy. Yes, I saw it. It's a, con, it's a military convoy, the and they're teeth. lighting off their weapons. No disciplined troops are going to get yeah. out there uh, filmed uh, jackassing yeah. off with their machine guns, and they're, like, shooting their machine guns right there. Right. And uh, they're going to roll into a town and, and murder everybody. If you right. if you don't tell them they got police they say in there they have the police lights just like the Mexican police and the and the Mexican army and so when they go down the road people pull over and get the hell out of their way yeah do we got there's no respect like that down at the border they've had nothing but the red carpet treatment and oh we're the yeah. Trump's going to put them in cages and uh well this is just like communist China outrageous it's just like communist China. Where the brut- brutalitarian state are, are the police, they're the military, they're the bureaucrats, and the citizens don't realize that they're being, well, actually, they do. <laughs> they're being ruled over by these brutalitarians, right? And they're the and ones they who. no doubt have a lot of corruption in their government, too. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's people that are supporting them. Yeah, oh, and, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, again, because they have it's some terrorism. real racial hatred as well as like the Guatemalans and and uh, other oh, yeah. ethnic groups that they, they traffic. They got to pay high tolls, right? And like when they gave them those caravan passages through to America, oh, the caravans are coming. Uh, they're giving them passage because they don't want those people there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, and it's never said. That's never said. It's always that. Oh, they're they're they just decided to go ahead and let some event. No, those cartels kill those people if they come in there and they smuggle through those areas. I right. followed a bunch of those stories. Yeah, uh, they uh, mur- in one of those videos they murder a young boy, right. fourteen years old, and, mm-hmm. and and then they go murder his mama at the at the hotel right. because they let some uh, Zetas stay there and and they freaking killed the little boy. And I yeah. watched it. It's actually yeah. trying to upset me now. So that stuff is out there. And uh, uh, unbelievable. Uh, and I talked to someone about Ukraine the other day. I got at the gas station. He said, oh, the Russians are raping the women and killing the babies. And I was like, where did you hear that? And he's like, oh, I saw it on the news. And I left. I got out of there after got some fuel. And it was just, I was telling my wife, I was like, uh, you know what he's telling me, and I know it's not true because I follow a lot of different stuff on Telegram and stuff that has uh, no English. There's no English, so you have to kind of watch to make sense, you know, and you can catch some English. Sometimes there's someone that's posted something in English, 
and you'll be able to uh, uh, recollect what's going on. And that ain't going on over there. There's been a few incidences of war crimes. There's, that's always going to happen in war. It happened in the American right. Civil War. It happened. It, it happens in all wars. And uh, but these, it's, it's really incredible. If that, I were if I were elected U.S. senator, I would say we have to have a hearing. And we're going to call in witnesses yeah. to, to tell us on national television, tell the American people that these are not terrorist organizations <laughs> and that we yeah. should not use military force. Right. There should be military force to blockade our border. You look at what they did to the truckers. The truckers closed. I knew this old World War II vet, veteran. His name was Tom McEntee. And he was a Navy sailor in World War II, been to, was out at Pearl Harbor after it was bombed and everything, had the biggest American flag in Butte, Montana. Really good old guy. And he said the truckers could close the – when the gas hit a dollar. I remember when gasoline went to a dollar. He said, oh, the truckers could close the country down. And you look at what they did in Canada. And they talk about it. It's impossible to secure our border. They are such liars. Right. And – uh, they, yeah. they need to have their butts. They, right. uh, hey, if the Israelis can secure their border, we can secure ours. It's just that simple. Okay. But here, it's, it's quite incredible that the author of this article, uh, who is splitting hairs as to how to define a terrorist, has, shows absolutely no concern about the innocent victims of all of this terrorism. Okay. Oh, it's as ba- it, it's it yeah. is bad or if not worse as the Ukraine. Yeah, I mean th- this author shows absolutely no concern about the innocent victims have, of all this. We terrorism. have nuclear subs. I saw stuff this afternoon. We got nuclear subs. The French, the British, and the American uh, the Virginia class are staging, and uh, Sweden starts talking about with Finland joining. Why are the people allowed? You know, these countries have been ran over with the. Uh, the uh the leftists as well and yeah. i mean russia can take out uh what i hear another thing i heard today russia can take out uh the united kingdom in 200 seconds right <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like three minutes the whole thing's gone folks okay and, so uh here I, I get it now i'm looking at the uh the byline for the author scott england uh as an analyst for the Department of Defense, Dr. Englund deployed to Iraq four times in support of operations there. As a mercenary, no doubt? Uh, let me ask when you. When he redeployed, yes. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you something. Is a mercenary a terrorist? It all <laughs> depends on who's writing the paycheck. Yeah. Well, I would say Yes. You know, he's a, 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 a an independent person hired to kill. That, yep. that doesn't make him a soldier, okay? What did it say on his bio again that he did two yeah. or three tours and then he went back four more times? Uh, so so he's well, a contractor? He's a, he, he deployed to Iraq four times, okay? so uh, As uh, a military uh, service? Uh, it doesn't say whether he was in the army or as a mercenary. It doesn't say. So he's probably Although a mercenary. I noticed a lot of the YouTube people, and there's people that get mad about that. It's not quite being a valor thief, but there's uh, a lot of uh, contractors out there that never, oh, yeah. like James Yeager, they just love him. He's dying of Lou Gehrig's. And I, 
that guy went over there to train people. Those people need to, uh, we yeah. can't be involved. Our, that has to go to our government. We have a federal, we don't just get on airplanes and go there and start training soldiers to fight Russia that, that I feel is probably like the most powerful uh, country in the world they've shown. They've got food, they've got resources, they've got people, they have culture. I'm ashamed of, of uh, we are the heathen that the Bible talks about. I mean, it's, it's shameful. Right. It's, it's really shameful. America has become an anti-Christian world, uh, country. Yeah, so prior yeah. to his academic career, Dr. Englund served as an intelligence analyst for the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Okay, that's a black mark in my book, and is a graduate of the analyst course of the FBI Academy of Quantico, Virginia, another strike against him. And then it says, as an analyst for the Department of Defense, Dr. Englund deployed to Iraq four times in support of operations there, which tells me he's a mercenary. In yeah, support he was a of? contractor in support. It says in support of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's so not he's a soldier. Support of, yeah. So he supports yeah. terrorism. That's why he's writing this article. But he's not going to name the drug cartel, so he's uh, yeah. uh, maybe for abortion or something. I don't know. Well, There's some people out there. Well, it's all because you know the FBI and CAA, part of their funding is, uh, what do you call it, uh, money laundering from drugs. Okay? So he's not going to argue. Yeah, so since that that's what pays these mercenaries' salaries, right? They can't argue against the, the drug cartels. So therefore, Judge we Napolitano, yeah. Judge Napolitano, yesterday or the day before, had a CIA uh, guy who was uh, pro Putin and said he wasn't. And I'm not saying, folks, that he was like rah rah. He wants to be a Russian. He said just the truth about it. And I, my comment was on there. I bet he knows James Olson, and James Olson was a CIA uh, that uh, spoke at College of the Ozarks down here at Missouri. I knew a guy that recorded it, and it was posted. And and he says Putin is a, a killer and Snowden is a traitor. They've been spinning this narrative for a long time. Right. And uh, it's uh, there's people out there that know the truth. The Canadian prepper, he's had a couple people on that are, are pretty high. He had a pretty high. Uh, oh, oh, whistleblowers uh, are terrorists. To national security. Yeah, the guy Snowden that's running for governor for yeah. New Mexico. Yeah. He's a nuclear. Uh, yeah, there's some good information out there if uh, people search it and you can be informed yeah. about it. And I, I think anyone probably listening to this show is informed that uh, it's a, bu- a bunch of criminals. Right. And I, I think it would be very easily to to get the people's support to close the U.S.-Mexican border, yeah. just as the, uh, Trudeau closed the bridge and right. called the dogs out on uh, his own people. Right. Well, here between uh, Obama and uh, and and his administration, and Zelensky and his administration, we see we're seeing more and more governments killing their own people, hiring mercenaries to do the killing if their own uh, military isn't doing it. And but in Ukraine, the Ukrainian army is being used to kill Ukrainians. Okay. Oh, we so, we've got pictures out there of. John McCain and Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham needs to go home. He is uh, talk that he's a real politician. He's a uh, he's a not a good guy. I don't think uh, he's no. there giving arms no, in 2014 
uh, to facilitate the overthrow of a sovereign uh, yeah, exactly. America. He's not supposed to be there uh, doing that. Yeah, yeah there's a it lot. It could be a businessman. A true businessman could be there, go there and support yeah. it and hire, hire yeah. people to go there and build pipelines or do anything like we know the Bidens have uh, been involved in and, and loopholing some of the – there are ways Americans can go to foreign countries and make money and become rich, and right. th- we've always been adventurous. Well, like, but what like, they're doing is usurping uh, our peacetime uh, yeah, security. Just like Hillary Clinton does, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, so the, what, what was well, it? The, the corruption of, of all governments on the planet has become so bad that they are actually engaged, all virtually all of them are engaged in killing their own people. That's where that's where the world is at. Okay, and uh, you know, and, and people are finally beginning to wake up that this is what's going on. And again, we, you know, we in identity have always been pointing out there should be no wars. Period. There should be because wars never benefit the people. Right? They never benefit the people or the nation that the people live in. Period. They never do. So a lot now of people we're, believe yeah. they're. Yeah. Punishment as well. Yeah. These are not PC. And as we said at the beginning of the show, the United Nations, since its creation, has never kept peace anywhere. They've always promoted war. And yet the people around the world actually believe that the United States, United Nations organization is a peacekeeping organization. They actually believe that. <laughs> right. And I mean, is there anything in the, in the world that's, uh, you know, popularly believed that is, that is actually true? <laughs> Very little, okay? So uh, you know, we're living in a world where a universal deceit, is that what uh, 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 Orwell said? In a world of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act, right? So if you tell the truth about these people, uh, Daryl, you're a revolutionary, right? Well, it's, a but, boot, it's a boot stomping on our head. That's the one I always remember, right. uh, uh, the yeah. boot stomping on our head, the oppression of the yes. economic slavery we live in, you know, uh, this Russell Texas Bentley that proclaims to be a communist. I don't agree with that. And, and, but he gave up his American citizenship. He went over there and became a Christian. So he believes in Jesus. Uh, he's a sinner like me. I mean, he, uh, probably doesn't say things that are politically correct or whatever, but, uh, he doesn't think anyone on earth should have a billion dollars. And I, I kind of lean that direction with him. The third position, what there should not be, there should be, uh, something in effect where all of our nation would share that. And that would be biblical uh, that we would all share in the, in the profit of, of you look at how the Amish live in their community. They all share with it like a socialism. And I've heard people say, Oh, they're the only people I know that could ever do that. And it would work. Well, some of them leave and they have problems like everyone, but somehow because of their faith and what they believe. And there are groups that's possible, but the, the average spoiled American with the hand job, uh, the phone and and uh the the stress is uh right 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 the, the uh, well here's here's another quotation that i i have to read this one he says designating cartels foreign terrorist organizations could mean that defendants in the united states connected with cartel trafficking could be charged with providing material support for terrorism so he's trying yeah, to protect. Why not? They tried, he's trying to protect yeah. defendants. 
from being charged with material support. Can you believe And this? I'm all for judicial uh, fairness and justice and and <laughs> equality, what they want to call a real equality, a real equity, uh, equity uh, amongst uh, uh, people. Yeah, go, go. There's a few more that are yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, so he says, well, charging U.S. defendants would only have a negligible effect on violence levels in Mexico. Uh, if the American government weren't cooperating with the cartels, then that would definitely influence the violence level in Mexico. And if we went in there and with our military and just kicked ass and got rid of these drug cartels, that would make the Mexican people very happy. I don't know. I say just close our border. No entanglement. Yeah, right. I just well, say yeah, close, close it down border. and put a put a prison camp up at the border and put everyone in that prison camp and say you all have to stay here and uh, enforce some kind. You know, cages. I guess we'll put them all in cages and pens and tell them there's the the gate. Go back that way. Go home. Yeah. No problem. But you're yeah. not coming over here. Right. But yeah, there's, you know, there's just close it down. No, you're, you're not there. We're not accepting anymore at this time. We're closed for a little while and we'll let you know when uh, we want to open back up. And that'll be up to the American people. Like you said, Israel uh, defends their borders vigorously. They can't you can't be an Arab and walk down the street and even and talk crap. You will get your ass kicked by the uh, Israeli soldiers and removed. Now, I've never been there. Right. Uh, and then I used yeah. to think that they all could have machine guns and everything like that. But I met this guy in Branson that was from Israel, and he came to the horse and carriage ride and talked to me several nights. And I asked him a few questions, and he was telling me, but, oh, yeah, you can have a machine gun and a pistol, but you can't have, like, a gun collection. Uh, but you could have arms, so they certainly have arms to defend themselves. And uh, they're just not taking no crap uh, there in the city, in uh-huh. the uh, what they call the uh, – inner city there uh, yes. uh at the uh, temple mound at the uh-huh. temple mound uh, very strict enforcement of of yeah. where the muslims and the christians and they all uh to this point you know this isn't the the war of army we can close that border and that uh and it it must be done right right okay daryl well here uh give your contact info uh, My contact to... info is Daryl McClanahan, and it's two R's and two L's, and it's McClanahan, M-C-C-L-A-N-A-H-A-N. It's a great Irish name, and it's at P.O. Box 77, Shell City, Missouri, 64783, and that's Shell City, Missouri. Six four seven eight three. I need to get my Wikipedia so people could get a link. It's seven hundred dollars. I don't have that to do it. I, I'm reading okay. the address. I'm not fumbling through these. I got a letter from the Missouri Firearms Coalition. They want a survey from me, and okay. I really give them an F. I tried to speak with them several times uh, <laughs> for Jeffrey Winehouse and gun rights. It's a gun case. Yeah. You know the story of Jeffrey Winehouse. Yes, he absolutely. called me shortly today. Uh, we got to pray for him. Uh, pray for me. Yeah, uh, okay. If you, if you uh, wanted to call me up and pray with me, I guess, you know, I would pray for you as well. Uh, so uh, that's it. Okay. Uh, the, the drug cartels are terrorist organizations, and I hope we let a lot of people know about it and that they would agree with us. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely close the borders. Defend America from this invasion. That's what it is. It's an invasion. All right. Thank you, Daryl. All right. Good luck with your campaign. Yeah, so Daryl will be with us uh, every other week uh, until he gets elected. <laughs> All right. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, okay. All right, Daryl. Take care. Yeah, we bless. Yeah, all right. Same to you. All right. All right, folks. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to play a song and uh, you know, get some liquid refreshment. And uh, we'll be back after this.
are living in an age in which the federal government is trying to become our master. For this reason, the Founding Fathers proposed the Second Amendment, which reads as follows. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Don't let them take the guns away. Jose, no way, Jose, you are not going to take our guns away. And we know that George Washington's vision, where the people of America will be fighting in the streets against an invading enemy until nearly overcome, but that's when Yahshua and his angels will come to save us, folks. It's going to be a hair-raising adventure. You know they will never try to give up taking our guns, and so since we won't, they're going to send the Chinese army in to try to clean things up, or the UN, or or our own mercenaries, okay? That's what they're going to try to do. So let's get into, uh, we want to talk about uh, preparation, making uh, preparations for what's coming, and survivalism, and the fact that uh, we we really do need to start getting prepared. So first, uh, an article from The Guardian entitled, We Mocked Preppers and Survivalists Until the Pandemic Hit. Now, it appears from the tone of this article that uh, preppers, prepperism, preparationism, <laughs> being prepared is a, a uniquely, uniquely American activity. I don't know if there's any, uh, a proper movement in other countries in the world, but it definitely is America. There sh- certainly would be a lot in Canada, but uh, only in white countries, really, would you have a lot of people being preppers because the rest of the world is clueless and the rest of the world uh, doesn't think ahead, <laughs> right? So uh, the article opens with a picture of empty store shelves with price tags and nothing on the shelves. With America near breaking point, survivalists deserve some vindication. The rest of us might even learn from their example. You think? You've heard of preppers, right? Survivalists? If you've watched TV shows like Doomsday Preppers, you know about their strange apocalyptic beliefs that a disaster could strike at any time overwhelming first responders and the social safety net, that this crisis could disrupt supply chains, causing scarcity and panic and social breakdown, that authorities might invoke emergency powers and impose police curfews, crazy theories like that. In fact, many perfectly reputable organizations, including the U.S. federal government and the Red Cross, 
recommend Americans maintain extra food and emergency supplies. They must be crazy. The Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, advises keeping a two-week supply of food. Only two weeks? That's prepping? As well as water, batteries, medical masks, first aid supplies, and a battery or hand-powered radio, among other things. In mainstream society, however, interest in prepping usually, hold on, my screen is frozen, let me see if I can scroll down, in prepping usually invites ridicule about bunkers and tinfoil hats. Preppers have spent years as the objects of our collective derision. This is a mea culpa by The Guardian. Until now. Today, we're all preppers, or rather, wish we had been. Non-preppers have been caught in a rain shower without an umbrella. I don't know if preppers are laughing right now. (laughs) Yes, we are, but perhaps they're entitled to some vindication. Now, I'm not a prepper. I am an effete, (laughs) quasi-intellectual. Oh, he's, uh, he's admitting that he's an effete snob. With no practical skills of any kind. Apparently he's not a very very good writer either. My current emergency supplies are some hungry man dinners and a a liter of bourbon. At least he drinks American booze. If things get really bad, I will finish the bourbon, lie down, and wait to be eaten by stray cats. Well, he may just have that experience. But I've come to respect the preppers' ethos of survival and preparedness. One of my friends is one, or at least on the spectrum. When coronavirus hit, he wasn't one of the millions of people scrambling for surgical masks. He already had them in his survival kit. He kept a few and gave the rest to elderly people. He's a nice survivalist. It has become fashionable to argue, not entirely accurately, that there are no libertarians in a pandemic. Certainly, this crisis has been a stark reminder of the importance of collective action. We're all on this ship together. Yeah, this this fake ship together. COVID-19 has laid the pathetic inadequacy of the U.S. social safety net, our lack of investment in the common good, and our government's short attention span for preparing for crises that don't involve terrorism or war. Well, no, this is terrorism, and this is war. But collective action also requires some level of individual responsibility and preparedness. No, just listen to the mayor. (laughs) Just listen to the governor. Just listen to, to the resident of the United States. You can't aid your elderly uh, immunocompromised or poor neighbor. And uh, what's the word? Uh, I thought he was going to say non-communicable, right? Uh, Incommunicado, I thought is what he's going to say. Yeah, because if your elderly relatives are stuck in a nursing home or a hospital, they won't even allow you to speak to them or see them. Incommunicado. But the word here is immunocompromised or poor neighbors if you haven't taken the bare minimum of preparations. There's a reason that airplane safety demonstrations warn passengers to put on their own air masks before assisting others. That's a smart thing to do. We're right to be angry at the people stripping supermarkets bare and hoarding 
desperately needed supplies. Those people aren't preppers, however. Preppers don't engage in panic buying. That's the whole point. That's why it's called prepping. Hey, we're getting a little credit here, folks. Can you believe it? Prepping is a choice that occurs before a panic, not during. A prepper recently complained on Reddit. If you didn't stock up over time, you are a hoarder, or perhaps worse, an opportunist. Yeah, and if you try to steal a prepper's stuff, you'll be dead. In times like these, we need to come together and support one another. Oh, what a, I just, uh, when I was in Kentucky, some guy had a fantastic sign. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it read something like this. We don't have anything that you need to die for. <laughs> Protected by Smith and Wesson. That doesn't mean giving away your supplies, but it does mean living in a society. Another added quote, we aren't the reason that elderly or immunocompromised people can't find hand sanitizer, masks, or toilet paper. We bought things in small increments when it made zero impact on the supply. In fact, it encouraged suppliers to make more when they were able to. Yes, some preppers are individualistic to the point of being antisocial, right-wing survivalists, neo-Nazis, uh... Anti-Semites, etc. No, they didn't close. It just says, he says, right-wing survivalists, in particular, are often motivated by paranoid, apocalyptic, and racist or conspiratorial beliefs. Yes, we are, and we're not ashamed of it. He's going to apologize for that, too. A massive doomsday industry caters to their fantasies. Yeah, it's called the preparedness industry with expensive survival supplies of questionable utility. No, we are going to need those things when the jackbooted thugs of the United Nations come marching down our streets. The preppers we encounter in popular culture are invariably the worst examples. Religious or political, zealots, eccentrics, middle-aged men suffering crises of masculinity. How about liberals who uh, are buying guns to make war against us? Yeah, they're going to lose big time. And in case of shows such as Doomsday Preppers, caricatures selected for entertainment value. Yeah, well, they've been mocking us. This guy admits that the whole world outside of the prepper community and the right wing, right, conspiratorial tinfoil hat community have been telling the world, World War Three is coming. You better get ready. It started with the vaccinations. But not all are gun and gear fetishists with delusions of grandeur. What makes you think any of these people have delusions of grandeur? It's the politicians that have delusions of grandeur. Many are apolitical or even left-wing. Yeah, some of them are indeed left-wing. Global warming, environmental degradation, and anxiety about the Trump administration have spurred liberals and leftists into the fold. Websites such as The Prepared offer useful, non-alarmist advice on disaster preparedness. Yeah, well, what about the invasion army? They're, I guess they don't anticipate anything like that. But it's already happening. What do you think those illegal aliens are? What do you think the, uh, the, the flotilla of Arabs and blacks from Africa coming to Europe? That's not an invasion? The more sophisticated practitioners have always understood that prepping is a matter of both individual and collective well-being. Yeah, we're here to defend ourselves, to protect ourselves. 
The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, better known as the Mormon Church, operates a massive network of grain silos and food depots and uh, and drug-producing farms in Mexico. People undergo... I mean, you can't be without pot if you're a survivalist, right? People undergoing hardship receive food and household goods for free or in exchange for volunteer service at the church's Costco-style warehouses. The system is vertically integrated with food supplied by church-owned farms. All Mormons are also encouraged to maintain emergency stockpiles in their home, not only for their own sake, but to assist neighbors when a hurricane or a flood strikes or when the Chinese army invades. When disaster strikes, not if. The problem is that disasters always look like remote possibilities before they occur and historical abstractions afterward. Even the coronavirus, as insurmountable as it seems, yes, it only seems that way, will eventually pass. We will re- No, it won't, because the starvation is next. That's the next phase of coronavirus, folks, the great starvation, which I'll be talking about shortly. So we're, so we're, we're, we're getting to that point. We'll eventually pass, he says. We will return to normalcy. No, we won't. And then complacency. <laughs> this guy is actually still very complacent. And maybe even go back to ridiculing peppers. Yet global warming probably means more and more of these kinds of crises, natural disasters, but also economic instability. How about the crash of the Federal Reserve note? And possibly more pandemics as thawing ice releases long dormant pathogens. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, he's uh, not only is he backing away from criticizing preppers, he's an alarmist. I suspect the real reason many people instinctively recoil from prepping is psychological. Prepping comes across as pessimistic or even cynical, but perhaps it is better to think of it as pragmatism. (laughs) We should prepare for disasters for the same reason we buy life insurance or backup computer files. Hope for the best, plan for the worst. So, I'm not crazy after all. Recently... While doing some quarantine cleaning, I found several books I acquired during younger, less lazy, and more idealistic days. The Boy Scout Field Book, the U.S. Army Survivor Manual, Living Off the Country. It seems unlikely they'll prove too relevant here in Brooklyn, New York, but I've decided to brush up anyway. Yeah, it's only a hop, skip, and a jump across the Hudson River. I also found a book called Home Brewing Without Failures. <laughs> By the unimprovably named H.E. Bravery, the utility of that one should speak for itself. It should be brewery, not bravery, right? We have a small favor to ask. Oh, okay, so this is an ad for The Guardian. No, The Guardian is a British newspaper, so uh, I was assuming the author was British. No, he's an American, okay? Uh, what is the, uh, I'm sorry, the author's, we're not given the author's name. That's crazy. Oh, wait, uh, uh, the photograph is by Alison Zauka. And, uh, okay, this uh, photograph of the empty shelves. Many grocery stores were empty. The night Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti announced an emergency action to close down the city. Okay, panic buying. 
That's what caused the empty shelves. The mayor, all the mayor had to do was make this announcement, and the panic buying set in, folks. You see how little it takes to cause a panic? It's quite an amazing thing, folks. Panic, panic. Do not panic. Do not panic. But they're panicking at the drop of a hat. Okay. Now we're going to get into the food shortages and the food crisis that is coming. It's here already. This is a website called fallintyranny.com. Food shortages and the Great Reset. Since January 20th of 2021 was the start of changes to come, some that have voted for President Biden, I'm sure, thought what they heard on their television was the truth. Who would think the local networks would twist the truth and deceive their consumers? (laughs) (laughs) Who would think that, right? Uh, the, The Democrats wouldn't because they believe the mass media. By voting, we always think we are voting for the correct or better person or even voting just because we are told to vote for the other guy. However, this time has made a world literally of difference. This is just the beginning. After 15 days to slow the spread to two years of closures, lockdowns, mandates, shortages, termination from jobs, closure of the Keystone LXL pipeline by Go Brandon, inflation, war, open borders, crime has skyrocketed, CRT, whatever that means, children being targets, sex traffickers being left into the let into the country, the author means, overdoses, and we should not forget that our own government is and has been trying to label parents as domestic terrorists. That's correct. During the NATO conference, President Biden, or Resident Biden, had stated there will be food shortages. I bet he knows. And yes, United States will see this effect too. Many countries will see food shortages. There is more to this than what he is telling us. This shortage was partially going to happen even without the Russia-Ukraine war. This, however, did help to produce it faster. Well, yeah, it's it's a distraction because shortages have been caused by the Russia-Ukraine war. It's part of the plan. It is definitely part of the plan. I'm trying to... Uh, this uh, this uh, graph is so small I can't read it, so I'm just going to have to ignore it. The sanctions the United States put forward along with NATO is not going to hurt the working families in Russia. Are not going to hurt them. I'm not sure what they... Oh, no. It's not going to only hurt the working families in Russia. This is going to affect everyone worldwide. This is a 34-minute video. However, it's worth a watch. There's a link there. In the chart above, you can see how inflation is going to keep rising. And it's and rising and rising and rising, well just past 2024. 
Prices may vary slightly from one state to another. These numbers are averages. Some areas in California, gas prices are $6.09. Whereas some in some areas of Pennsylvania, gas prices are $4.39. That's what they are pretty much in Illinois. Some politicians and government agencies use what we know as a CPI, the official U.S. government reports which is used by U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. The original inflation calculator, which was used when making the chart, was used up until early 1990s. In the early 1990s, political Washington moved to change the nature of the CPI. Okay, that's the Consumer Price Index. Around 1992 to 1993, the CPI diverges significantly. However, by 2001, that divergence growth slows, but still grows until the present day. In 2001, divergence appears to be around 6.5 points, or 6.5 percentage points. By 2021, the divergence is 8.5% points. One, One CPI cannot change the method of calculation of the CPI and say that it is simply some metric. Okay, no, you can't change the way you do it and call it, it's uh, just an aberration. The old metric should have been continued to have been reported, not eliminated. The new CPI was put in place for a false impression that the new CPI had anything to do with the old CPI. They're trying to minimize their statistics. Their statistics. And, of course, no, they don't want you to be alarmed that there might be shortage shortages, right? Okay, all right. Just like uh, that crazy uh, nitwit uh, who was trying to tell us that terrorism is not terrorism. The new CPI was put in place for a false impression that the new CPI had anything to do with the old CPI. Uh, by doing this, the government cheated Social Security recipients out of what was legally theirs and due to them. Oh, the government wouldn't do that, would it? Oh, communists would never do anything like that. Inflation numbers covered up to this point have been the official U.S. inflation rate. However, the official rate is the actual rate. The government minimizes the reported inflation rate as it allows the U.S. government to pay out less in things like Social Security. So they have to minimize things in order to pay less. Another benefit is to, so it's like you're reporting uh, underreporting your income, so you have to pay less income tax, right? That's what the government is doing. Another benefit is to business for things like minimum wage being moved upward occasionally, which the unstated inflation is a yearly event. Did you know minimum wage is not indexed into the CPI? Even if it was, it would not keep up with the inflation level. The current CPI is distorted and cheating. Politicians are now pushing for an even less effective or reflective CPI, which is called the C-CPI. Uh, I guess that means the communist CPI. <laughs> Shadow stats was the original inflation counter. Using the original CPI, our inflation rate is 15.2%. Not 7.9%. Okay? All right? So they, uh, their faulty uh, statistics make it seem like the inflation rate is only half of what it actually is. So in other words, in one year, 
the money in your pocket will lose 15.2% of its value. That is almost double what the true inflation number is. Williams, who calculates the inflation rate using methodology the U.S. government used in the 1980s before revisions, estimated that the current rate of inflation is already 13.5%, much higher than the 5.4% that the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported for June. This is a 2021 video, however. John Williams explains inflation, hyperinflation, and more, and there's a link here. Now is the time to slowly stock up. Okay, get prepared, folks. I am not saying go out and panic buy, but people hearing this show will probably go out and panic buy. We do not need another paper shortage. Oh, no, not another run on toilet paper. However, what I am saying is when you go to the grocery store and if you normally buy one can of tuna, then buy two, I think you better buy about five or six. Put one away on a shelf. Do not use it the next time you are grocery shopping and you buy tuna or a boxed good instead of one, buy two. Buy seeds. Yeah, that's good advice. Buy seeds. Even with a small yard, you can manage to grow some of your vegetables Think of it this way. One plant of tomatoes, if it is taken care of, can produce for months. This would make salsa, ketchup, spaghetti sauce, pizza sauce, and more. How about uh, tomatoes? <laughs> Raw sliced tomatoes. They'll make that too. Actually, my mother used to make an excellent tomato salad uh, with uh, tomatoes, onions, celery, and vinegar. It was delicious. If one plant could save you two... $20 a month and no worrying about a shortage as well as save some on, on gas, why not plant? Yeah, grow your own, folks. It's time to start thinking about growing your own because one of these days you're going to, in fact, if you, if you plan on growing your own, you better start growing your own before the shortage hits. Now is the time to get, the, get them. Two years ago, you could get seeds from uh, five for $2.00. And now more areas are charging three twenty-seven for one pack. So, uh, in other words, they used to be forty cents a piece. Now they're three dollars and twenty-seven cents for one pack. Farmers in some areas are struggling. If you remember, milk farmers pouring milk down the drain due to regulations. Potato growers trying to give them out for free. However, there were many mounds of potatoes at three twenty-seven for one pack. You can get somewhere between 8 plants to 20 plants. There will be another article coming out about surviving the shortages, okay? So preparing for these shortages is what we need to be doing right now. There are small things you can do now to help protect yourself from the upcoming inflation and shortages. However, I wouldn't shrug it off as it is not, be, uh, not being a deal. It is a big deal. Did you know Russia and Ukraine are a breadbasket of Europe? Supplies 25% of the grain exports? We are going to lose 50% at least of the 25%. I think he's speaking about Americans. Africa get 100% of their grain from Ukraine. Areas like that who depend on the import of grain are going to hurt. Yeah, big time. 
Now, it's amazing that Africa cannot feed itself. Utterly amazing. Wheat is not just a loaf of bread. It's also feed for livestock. This will raise beef, pork, and chicken prices even higher. Less grain, less supplies, higher prices. This could trigger the greatest food crisis since World War II. And this person is not exaggerating, folks. The one thing to understand, the government is not going to tell you what you need to know and hear. They will sugarcoat, possibly not even mention what is really going to happen. Of course, they're going to minimize it. As that song in the 70s said, the revolution will not be televised. And the food crisis will not be televised. They don't want you to panic by it. You should follow the signs and listen to the words. We are being told the food shortage is real. It is coming. And the inflation is nowhere near placating or plateauing. So, folks, the inflation rate, the high cost of food, the high cost of everything, especially for those people on fixed incomes, this is going to be a real disaster. There will be starvation. Oh, Jeffrey says CRT is critical race theory. Thank you. Okay. Right. So, yeah, the mocking, <laughs> the mocking continues. Critical race theory is mocking white people. And no doubt that that's what it is. Okay, so here's a comparison of Ukraine and Russia, a chart, and what is this? Okay, percentage of global production, okay, and this is Ukraine and Russia combined. So, sunflower seeds, Ukraine and Russia combined supply 50% of the global production. The state of Kansas probably provides the other 25%. Barley is the two nations combined provide 19%, uh, wheat 14%, rapeseed 6%, corn 4%, soybean 2%. I think America is the main provider of corn and soybeans. Okay, uh, with the conflict dragging on and the start of planting season just a week away, the agricultural time bomb is ticking ever louder. Do you think maybe that this is the real reason for the Ukraine-Russia conflicts? As a deliberate ploy by the Rothschilds to provide food shortages? To provide mass starvation? Do you think the great reset of starvation has begun? I think so. Some 26 countries around the world get more than half of their wheat from Russia and Ukraine. Those countries are going to suffer, folks. Says Arif Hussein, chief economist at the UN World Food Program. And, of course, the UN is not doing anything about it. Currently, some 13.5 million tons of wheat and 16 million tons of corn from last year's harvest in Ukraine and Russia are stuck because of the war and sanctions. Like I said, do you think maybe this war is deliberately being staged to precipitate the starvation reset? Some of that shortfall could be made up with higher exports from Australia or India, both of which had bumper wheat crops last year. 
But it's the fate of this year's crop in Ukraine that has economists worried. Well, if the if those people can afford the the, the wheat crop from Australia. Quote, we're not just losing 6 million tons of grain from last year's harvest in Ukraine, says David Laborde, a senior analyst at the International Food Policy Research Institute in Washington, D.C., but potentially 60 million tons. Losing the next harvest will be a critical short that no one will be able to make up, unquote. Yeah, I will definitely miss corn on the cob if I can't get any. I'll have to get by. Quote, the biggest threat the food system is facing is the disruption of the fertilizer trade. Okay, well, they better use cow poop if they can afford it, Laporte says. Wheat will impact a few countries. The fertilizer issue can impact every farmer everywhere in the world and cause declines in the production of all food, not just wheat. Okay, so here's a list uh, in the form of a chart. Fertilizer and energy. Okay, this is from a friend who is a farmer. He told me the cost of water is becoming astronomical as well. It's almost $800 per acre foot. Per acre foot? What does that mean? Square acre? (laughs) I don't know what that means. Per acre foot. I haven't ever heard that terminology. Anyway, fertilizer. The fertilizer is DAP. Whatever that stands for. In January of 2021, it was $493 a ton. In February 2022, it was $876 per ton. And that is a 78% increase. Urea. Urea, I think, is urine or whatever the substance that makes urine taste like urine. $387 a ton. That was in January 2021. February 2022, $905 a ton. That's a 134% increase. Potash used to be, in 2021, $379 a ton. Now it is $815 a ton. You figure out the increase. NH3, for that's ammonia, isn't it? Something like that? Uh, or some kind of product similar to ammonia? Used to be $480 a ton. Get this, folks. Now, $1,487 a ton. UAN28, that sounds like it might be a radioactive fertilizer, used to be $215 a ton. Now, $600 a ton. And that's just an increase in one single year, folks. One single year. Okay. Okay, Jeffrey says it's one foot depth of water on one square acre area. Okay, I imagine uh, all all these fertilizers have to be mixed with water. I imagine that. I'm not sure. So, and if the, the water is $800 per acre foot, 
I mean, ever right now, if you look at all these statistics, it looks like food prices are going to quadruple really soon, folks. Just from the cost of planting. Now, energy, the energy prices that the farmers have to pay. Natural gas used to be $2.45, I guess, per gallon. I don't know if they measured natural gas in gallons or not, I'm guessing. And that last year, January 2021, $2.45. This year, $4.76. RBOB gas used to be $1.52. Today, 80, sorry, the dollar sign looks like an eight. Three dollars and thirty-one cents, and crude oil, fifty-two dollars and twenty twenty-seven cents a barrel. Now one hundred and ten dollars a barrel. So everything's doubling, doubling and more. Okay, are you prepared to pay double for everything you need, folks? It's time to prepare. We're doing this as a public service to to warn you: be a prepper. You know, be a prepper. We all need to be preppers in these end times. Okay? And this one here I haven't posted into the chat room. This next article is food shortages coming with a question mark. Engineered crisis. I agree with that premise. It's going to be hard times, folks. Hard times are coming. You remember the Great Depression? Of course, most of us don't. But it's going to be that bad, folks. Possibly even worse. And the full title here. Food shortage is coming. New World Order Great Food Supply Reset is here. It definitely is here. Food shortages are coming, folks. It's all part of the New World Order's Great Reset, the fundamental transformation of our world through the consolidation of power under a global technocracy, including the global food supply and distribution networks. The clock is ticking, and there is very little time left to prepare yourself for the engineered crises on our doorstep. Now, the people in the cities who are utterly clueless about what's happening. Let me put it this way. The cities are going to be the last market, you know, because the the pre-market is the farm. The towns and cities closest to the farm are the the next market, first market, then the, the, the little bigger towns a little further away, and the cities last, folks. The cities are going to be last. Terror is coming to the big cities, folks. It's almost here. In this article, we are going to examine some of the neon signs pointing to this imminent reality. Food shortages are coming. and Actually, they're here. As we frequently assort, we are facing a perfect storm. One that not only applies to our socioeconomic framework, 
but to the world's food supply and distribution network as well. We not only have a dwindling food supply and exploding demand, but the global elites are implementing a new world order agenda via the Great Reset, a reset that seeks to radically transform our global food supply. Yeah, they want to starve us to death, just as Bill Gates said he would. In the name of climate change <laughs> and radical environmentalism, you should, you must starve. These elites are focused on eliminating animal agriculture and transitioning our traditional food sources to synthetic lab-created food products inseminated with graphene, no doubt. It's all about control, the establishment of a global technocracy led by a shadow group of enlightened global elites. And one of the primary tools for control has always been the food supply. So, is that why Bill Gates is buying up farmland in America? And guess what, folks? The federal government will pay such farmers, quote-unquote, to not grow food. So he'll make a killing by not growing food, and he'll starve us to death at the same time. It's all about control, folks. If you control the food, you control the people. Or as the old proverb phrases it, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. And if he, if he go, <laughs> and there's no food in his stomach, he gets really grumpy. The warning indicators are all flashing red and the pull-up alarms are blaring in the cockpit for those with eyes to see and ears to hear. Our plane is in a graveyard spiral and we are mere moments from an intentional impact with the ground below. So somebody is guiding this airplane to deliberately crash? Really? How many people in the world are ready to face that reality? No, the government could not possibly be so evil as to do that. Heading. UK admits food shortage is possible, but tells citizens not to stockpile food, okay? All right? Isn't that what you expect the Jew world order to do? Is you know they, they admit it's time to stock up, but don't stock up. Why? Well, you, you might uh, cause panic buying, I guess. Before we delve into the broader food supply crisis, I want to share what is going on in Britain because it shows the depth and breadth of the New World Order agendas to fundamentally transform the food supply and distribution networks. The global elites are, are leveraging both natural forces, for example, droughts, and uh, I, I think chemtrails will influence the quality and uh, amount of food as well, and geopolitical opportunities to implement their transformative agenda. And Brexit has provided them with a major regional opportunity when it comes to the food supply. If it can happen in the UK, it can happen in your neck of the woods. British grocery stores have reportedly been told by government ministers to stockpile food, non-perishable goods, and other essential supplies in anticipation of shortages created by a no-deal scenario as Brexit trade deal negotiations between the EU and UK go down to the wire. How old is this? This must be an older article. But 
we'll see. We'll see what happens in the UK. British grocery stores have reportedly been told by governments to stockpile food. Furthermore, the government has also told suppliers of medicines, medical devices, and vaccines to stockpile six weeks' worth of secure locations at secure locations in the UK. The UK's Department for Environment, Food, and Rural Affairs reported that the government is working with the food industry to support it in case of potential food supply chain disruptions, adding, we are in regular contact with the food industry to support its preparations for a range of scenarios, and which means nothing. No, we're just twiddling our thumbs, and we're going to let it happen. And we'll continue to work closely with them to ensure people across the country have the food and supplies they need, so they say. This is in response to widespread warnings from business leaders about possible fresh food shortages, potential delays to deliveries from the EU, and significant price increases. Yes, all of the above. John Allen, chairman of Tesco, Britain's largest supermarket group, asserted that higher food prices were unavoidable in the event of a no-deal and warned Oh, no deal for breakfast. Uh, sorry, breakfast, I think is what he's talking about. And warned that consumers should expect food prices to rise 3 to 5% on average while urging shoppers not to panic by. Well, I'd say the lockdowns and the COVID panic, etc., etc., businesses being put out of business, that would cause food, shor- and food shortages and price increases, right? Quote, an inset here, we may see some shortages of fresh foods, particularly short-life fresh foods. I think that will only be for a limited period, perhaps a month or two, before we get back to normal. So this is essentially about Brexit, but we're also seeing this is going to happen now as a result of COVID and the Great Reset. In other words, there is likely to be shortages of fresh foods for one to two months. But no worries, it's all good. Don't even think about trying to prepare your family. Okay, so the government is telling the business and the businesses are telling each other, we'll be prepared, but you consumers, don't worry about it. We'll be prepared. Really? Okay? When was the last time the government was prepared for anything except tyranny? Echoing the less than reassuring thoughts of Alan... Helen Dickinson, chief executive of the British Retail Consortium, stated, quote, While no amount of preparation by retailers can entirely prevent disruption, there is no need for the public to buy more food than usual. Do not panic. Do not panic. Do not panic. The BRC exhorted citizens not to stockpile food, arguing that shops have plenty of supplies until they don't. This, of course, begs the question, if there are plenty of supplies, then why warn that shoppers must not buy more food than usual, right? Because they don't want less food than usual. Alok Sharma, the supposedly British business secretary, Alok Sharma, A-L-O-K, not A-L-E-K, sorry, A-L-E-C, Alok Sharma, the British business secretary, has also warned Brits not to stockpile food, proclaiming that he's very confident that actually the supply chains will still be in place. Sharma adds, 
I would say to everyone, do your normal shopping as you would do, and I think we'll find we're going to be absolutely fine until we're not. No need to panic. Nothing to see here. Just trust your government and experts. Move along like normal obedient sheeple. Wear your face mask, get your shot, and everything will be just fine. How's it been working, folks? <laughs> but it appears the port operators don't seem to share this optimism. They're warning that supermarket meat and salad supplies could face major disruption and some food supply routes could become unviable, accusing the government of an alarming lack of urgency. Well, we're having the same thing here in America, folks, because the port, the ports in California have huge ships been waiting two weeks and more to unload, and they can't unload for various reasons, including a potential dock worker strike. Now, the immediate fears in the UK are largely tied to Brexit. While the UK left the European Union at the end of last January, they were given 11 months to negotiate a trade deal, which ends in December 31st, 2020. So this article is around uh, two years old now. However, one must recognize that this is just one component of the New World Order battle to transform the global food supply through the unfolding Great Reset, as we will see. It is not just the UK that is facing food shortages, but the entire globe. There are no coincidences. We are progressing down a carefully designed, well-thought-out, and highly detailed plot, one the globalists have been developing for years and even decades. The globalists are using every opportunity at their disposal, whether Brexit, natural disasters, climate change, and now the war in Ukraine, or the pandemic, a.k.a. plandemic, to disrupt global economies, including the food supply and distribution channels. This carefully orchestrated campaign is intended to increase dependence on government and transition those governments from a nationalist orientation to a global one. Or as Klaus Schwab said, you will own nothing and like it. It's all about control by the enlightened elites who know better than the commoners. And one of their strategies behind Agenda 21 slash Agenda 2030 is to reshape, that is, transform, the, or compromise the world's food supply. People are much easier to control when they're hungry. However, they tend to riot when they're hungry. And they plan to use their shock troops to quell those riots when they happen. In fact, one of their high-priority objectives is to entirely bring an end to animal agriculture in favor of artificial food sources, which, of course, is entirely controlled by the elites through the public-private partnerships with global corporations rather than small, local, independent farmers and ranchers. And this statement is 100% accurate, folks. They do plan to eliminate beef. I don't think they'll ever eliminate pork <laughs> because pork will make people sick. In fact, one of their high-priority objectives is to entirely bring an end to animal agriculture. Let's move on from the UK and explore the food supply crisis through the lens of soybeans. That is about to manifest itself around the globe in shortages. 
Okay, well, here in Illinois, and I just drove through Kentucky and Indiana this last week, and I can say that all the farms are producing plentifully in the heartland. We have no water shortages here. Rain has been plentiful, and the soybean crop looks great. Corn obviously hasn't started to grow yet, but uh, the there's all kinds of uh, flowers and plants uh, doing very well out in the fields. Uh, no corn as yet, but uh, we're, you know, and then uh, I don't know whether I don't know how much wheat is produced in Illinois, and uh, I think Kansas does more wheat, but it's corn and soybeans here, and uh, there will be no shortage, at least from this year's crop. But as I've told you, the the price increases are going to make it harder to get. They're going to make it harder for people to buy, especially those on low incomes and those who are far from the food source. The folks, this is only going to get worse, and it's a deliberately contrived crisis. Okay, let's continue. On December 10th, the USDA dramatically cut its view on domestic soybean stocks, stating that, quote, U.S. soybean supplies will be smaller than previously forecast due to rising demand from domestic processors. Well, if there's a rising demand, make more. Mike McGinnis, writing for Successful Farming, aptly noted in November that the USDA was already warning that the U.S. is leaking corn and soybeans as ending stocks tighten. Initial projections for the 20-21 ending soybean stocks were estimated to be 405 million bushels. By October, the USDA's estimate had fallen to just 290 million bushels. In November, that shrank to 190 million bushels. Now, in December, the USDA is expecting the year-end stocks to fall to 175 million bushels. So you can expect the price to skyrocket, folks. John Perkins, writing for Brownfield AG News, reflected on this sobering news and echoed the thoughts of McGinnis by noting, quote, that U.S. corn and soybean ending stocks projections have rapidly gotten tighter. There's going to be less and less, folks. Perkins continued to sound the alarm by warning that according to Allendale's chief strategist, Rich Nelson, crop loss and stronger-than-expected demand namely from China, have cut the guesses... Oh, for, uh, yeah, demand from China have cut the guesses for both crops by about 50%. Adding, these are wildly different than we expected at the start of the year and certainly quite different than what we expected as recently as June. And no, we don't have a good amount of historical precedence for this, right? We don't have a good amount of historical precedence for this. Why? Because this is a planned shortage, a planned starvation. Yes, folks, the great starvation is here. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. Be prepared. Get ready. It's just going to get worse, folks. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye-bye.